WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're doing something a little different. Our guests are Jeff Dodd and Rick Heinischen, the hosts of Jeff and Rick Present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, a podcast that explores issue by issue the 1980s Louise Simons and June Brigman Marvel series Power Pack. Uh, about a group of children who get superpowers and go on to have some surprisingly unkid-friendly adventures. Um, we had a good time talking about Power Pack, podcasting, beer, Portland, geocaching, Hellboy the movie, Hellboy the beer, John Wick 3, avoiding spoilers for Game of Thrones, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think I lost track of time. <laughs> but that's okay, because that means more podcast for you. Uh, anyway, what is going on over at WMQComics.com? Well, as you know, Bob, uh, Jonathan Hickman is getting ready to begin his reign over the X-Men. So we here at WMQ Comics want to give this momentous occasion its due, and uh, we're putting out the call to y'all. What is your favorite age of X-Men? What era, series, or run is what you think about when you think about uh, the X-Men? Is it the golden age of Chris Claremont and John Byrne, during which we got the Dark Phoenix saga and Days of Future Past? Is it the early 90s when, you know, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Will Spurtasio briefly took over? Is it the days of Morrison and Quitely's new X-Men or Whedon and Cassidy's Astonishing? Or is it right now, this decentralized period, when the X-Men's fates have been intertwined among fan-first writers like uh, Matthew Rosenberg, Kelly Thompson, Leah Williams, and Vita Ayala? Tell us in uh, 250 to 500 words or so about your favorite X-Men era. Uh, you know, send your pitches to wmqgrams at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WMQComics because follower number 600 is getting two passes to Garden State Comic Fest at the end of June in Morristown. Uh, we only got 21 followers to go, so uh, we are fast closing in on finding a winner. Uh, so that's enough for now, though. Uh, let's get to our guests. Here are me and Matt and Jeff and Rick. But you know, you know what's hard? Uh, avoiding spoilers on Game of Thrones and Endgame. I'm even yeah. actively trying to, but I'm, I'm still kind of trying to. But you know, it's just like I see people go, "Well, you should stay off social media." I'm like, I kind of have to stay off YouTube, Facebook, <laughs> anything just referencing conversations like, on the street. Yeah, um, like don't yeah. go to work on Monday. Underneath an ostrich. It's basically just going to be you talking to your daughter. That's going to be about it. But you know what? She may have seen the movie by now. She might have, honestly. Yeah, but has she seen Game of Thrones? Uh, no, because she's not two yet, so we're waiting for her to uh, expose her to stabby-stabby, uh, stabby, fleshy-stabby-stab. Stabby. Uh, and a lot more flesh than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I gave up on on Game of Thrones so long ago, and not for any reason other than just not having HBO and not being willing to seek out someone else's HBO Go password. And I've I've been reading those books for a very long time, and I'm just sort of like, just finish the damn books, man! Finish the damn books. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know Neil Gaiman has pointed out repeatedly that George R. R. Martin is not our bitch, but yeah. please <laughs> just finish the damn books. And I get that as a writer too, where it's just like, hey, I've created a property that people absolutely love. Yes, they want me to produce more of the thing they love, but 
you guys probably know what it's like where you're like, yeah, I, I can't get that today. Or I got an idea, but man, I can't make those words work. And also, you know what'll speed up my writing process? Somebody going, write it, write it, write it, write it before you die. Write it. Why are you writing? You're gonna die. Like, uh, maybe I'd like to go to Disneyland, or maybe I'd like to watch Westworld for a bit. No, you go that time. Write the thing I want. Yeah, it's it's not unlike doing a podcast where it's like, hey, I want to do this podcast. I want to put all this content together. Yeah, we want more of your content. I'd like to have a life so I can, you know, have my life and then add value to the content that I'm trying to create with the podcast. <laughs> it's just like, yes, yeah, spike podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I guess we read a book this week. Yeah, what was it? It was a comic book. Which thing? I hated it. I hate you. <laughs> my stack of books that I'm not getting to because the comic books are overwhelming them right now. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I've been getting- I've been reading the same novel for a month and a half, which doesn't sound terrible until you realize that I used to be a person who'd get through a novel a week. And oh, it's yeah, just, right. just like, and I mean, and it's, you know, the most recent Stephen King. So it's gigantic to begin with. Uh, uh-huh. So you factor that in with my lack of time <laughs> trying to get through all the comics and all the research for my right for the pieces I write for the site. Plus for the reading for the podcast, it's like, Oh, someday I will have the time to read things for fun other than the things that I'm reading for fun. Like my, my pleasure reading outside of, you know, the usual Wednesday pile has been decimated, you know, on those rare occasions where I'm the one who takes my son to karate. Like that's my open, open a book time. I, enjoying what your child's doing yeah it's great i want to just do something else yeah my daughter's doing my daughter's doing ballet and i'm sitting over there on a table with the podcasting i'm, I'm editing a podcast what are you doing yeah. <laughs> i'm not watching my daughter at ballet that's what i'm doing uh, i go i'm a, a person who regularly goes to the movies i now even though i ha- go to the reserved seat movies i still get there an hour or so early because then i can sit and read for an hour before the movie so so, so going to the movies is my excuse to get some you know non writing related reading done nice I warn you, that is one of our standard end of podcast questions. So you'll be able to answer what you have read slash want to read at the end of the show. Well, that's that's pretty easy uh, because I'm still getting through free comic book day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I will be getting through free comic book day for quite a while. <laughs> you, you and me both. I mean, look at the previous. Oh, I, we just got back from East Coast Comic Con over the weekend. It's like, so that's a giant stack of back issues and trades that I don't yeah. have the time to read, but still bought because why not? Yep. Great. How you doing on Doom Patrol? I, don't <laughs> I need Surprise. to. I need to start Doom Patrol. I have. Surprised you haven't sold that. I would love to. That looks great. I will give you my account. I will, uh... <laughs> Since you're already using my Marvel, yeah, that's, that's, that's all my reading that I've been doing right now. I noticed. I noticed. I noticed you just. I go in there to look up something like, 
I didn't look at God damn son of a bitch. He's actually read, read the Iceman and I haven't. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, kind of neat. But, uh, then a lot of stuff where you're just, okay, how many Marvel giant universe ending things are going to be going on over just always now? Or it's just like it's. Um, at least twice a year. Yeah, apparently it's. Yeah. I, it, it's it's yeah, once right. a quarter now. I don't know if you've yeah. seen their plan for, the, for for this year, but they're going straight from War of the Realms into Absolute Carnage into some super secret thing in uh, like December. And not to mention, they're going to reset the. Uh, the X-Men universe again. Oh, yeah, yeah we are. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. I, here's the thing. I have been an X-Men fan for so long that it's kind of like, okay, sure. Right. Whatever. Yeah, gonna be. I, I want, I want, I want a new interesting story right now. I like the storyline they got going on. It's a limited series. Okay. Let's see what the new normal is after that. Oh, I mean, I, I'm a, big fan of Hickman's. I mm -hmm. just, I think Dan and I can, or we've both really been digging age of X-Men and what all those different yes. creators have been doing. And so I kind of wanted to see what they might've done after they wrapped age of X-Men. But I mean, there's far worse choices than Hickman to see where he can go with that. And that's it. And that's the other the thing though, is that I look at age of X-Men, not unlike age of apocalypse, which it's kind of mirroring. That was a limited run. You knew it was going to go back to something else. This is the something else it's going to go back to. So I, th I think the difference is this time, though, like the thing it's going back to is a complete like it's not going back to the status quo with some mild changes. You know what I mean? Like Age of Apocalypse right. went back to, OK, here's a bunch of X-Men stories written by Scott Lobdell and, sure. you know, and some other guys. This is going to. You know, the dawn of a new age with a new architect, with a new vision. You know, that 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 kind of a thing. Um, I'm kind of excited about that because I'm like, can we get some long term kind of thing like, you know, good old fashioned Chris Claremont? Uh, that I will give you. I would the I mean, there was something that an editor, I think it was an editor, it might have been Hickman, but it might have been one of his editors who said in an interview about, you know, canceling the entire X line was, you know, a big gamble. I'm like, not really, because we've done that. Yeah. Four times in the past yeah. seven years. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, 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 I read it and I was kind of like, okay, it's not like it's going away and they're right. coming into your house and stealing your long boxes filled with your old issues. No, it's everything's still there. They're just there, there's a new yeah. stance. I just personally, I I would like to really see X Men stay dead. <laughs> as much as I like, as much as I like characters, I, hey, I was, I was, died. I was a little sad that they brought Wolverine back. I was a little sad they brought Cyclops back. I'm a big Cyclops fan. I was say, you and I are second and third on the internet behind Jay Edidin as yeah. Cyclops apologists. Right. But yeah, I mean, but it's like, I, I was like, I, he, I like how they brought him back, but at the same time, I'm kind of, I was fine with him dead. I, I'd like there to be some real good consequences. But I, the thing is, like, I, I feel like whatever they're going into is so like, I, are you like, where are are you reading on Canny? Yes, I'm reading Canny right now. OK, how how caught up are you? Because I don't want to. I'm caught up as of the last issue, last week's issue. I just okay. finished that one. All right. So, you know, um, yeah, Mystique and uh, and um, uh, Emma Frost are kind of lurking around the background and 
Kane Marco is the only one that knows that Emma Frost is a real person. It, it, uh, it feels like the body count is rising in a way that is too easy. Yeah. If that makes it, sense. And, no, no. And, I, and I, not, the, not just the body count, but the defeats of, of villains are, are coming yes. way too fast. Yeah. And, and so I'll... What there, I, there's, show, there, 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 there's a lot of story that they're cramming into little space. And yeah. what I liked at the beginning... It's starting to kind of grate a little bit. It's like, hey, I was really interested in Cyclops losing an eye. Are are we done with that? Have we moved on? <laughs> yes. What happened to Havoc? He kind of turned into kind of, you know, Kitty Pride. Invisible. Yeah, Kitty Pride almost. <laughs> What's going to happen with that? Nothing. Um, Wolverine walked away from the team. Uh, Cyclops abandoned leadership, and yet he's still the leader. I mean, he can't help it. I know he can't help it, but. But at the same time, I I wanted to see more there, but there's not. So I, I, I'm kind of ready to see what a big reset is with one person at the helm. And I think that we'll start to see some real good cohesion and some good. I like the storylines going on in Age of, of X-Men. Oh, yeah, um, I love Age of X-Men. There's great things going on there. And those are the good, good limited series run storylines that I kind of want to see in a kind of. In a nice enclosed world, here's a little sandbox where people can play in. What if X-Men this? What if X-Men that? Great. Let's see that. Let's play around with that for a while, and then let's get to the next thing. It's a lot better than, you know, what they just did with West Coast Avengers, which is like, here's a West Coast Avengers series. Oh, it's actually just a limited series now. Really? Oh. It was so good, though. Yeah, that was a shame. That one and the, I mean, I knew Unstoppable Wasp wasn't gonna last because we can't have nice things no but no we but can't still but at the same at the same time i'm so happy to see what he's doing next oh i had yeah. i had no clue who that person was until he said okay we're not i'm not doing this anymore i was like oh i'm gonna start following him but instead i'm gonna be doing future foundation with half a power pack <laughs> I Dude. like this guy, and that's what he's doing next. Fantastic. Seriously, if you've not read any of Jeremy Whitley's other stuff, you for for you and for Carrie, uh, Princeless is brilliant. I have heard of that. It is. I mean, it's his creator-owned book. It's the, the Wait, whole. You guys, you guys uh, interviewed him, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fall, that's mm -hmm. where I heard. That's where I heard it. Okay. Yeah, I've been a big fan of his for a long time, and it's it's one of my favorite indies right now. And the eighth mini it's it's going to be ten miniseries, ten volumes, and we're halfway through volume eight right now, and so we're we're getting real close to the end. And trust me, you it's what if a princess who is locked in a tower by her father decided screw this i'm going to rescue myself and then rescue all my sisters who've been put in their own towers yeah i remember you guys talking to my remember you talking about that and and it really clicked in my head it's like i think i need to hunt that down i think i need to try to pick that up but i, I jeff hasn't caught up on our the unstoppable wasp yet no, but let me let me let me, uh, let me let me let me yeah, let me put this way to you. Uh, the guy who's going to be doing the Future Foundation is going to be doing half a power pack. Uh, the art in The Unstoppable Wasp is Gurhur. Oh, okay. So check out yeah, that connection to power pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to basically turn the thing into the Future Foundation then? That, it's probably. Yeah, it's kind of 
It's 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 seriously that's two years away, buddy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, we've I've got it mapped out until about two years. Yeah. You know, about ninety five episodes right now. You know, got a few more uh, interviews I think we can nail. So probably, and then we might be able to bring some people back too. Yes, yeah. I'm working on getting I'm working on getting June Brigman and. Louise Simonson to come back to talk about um, Grow Up. You mean Weezy? Oh, the, the special Weezy that they're doing in August? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great. Yes. I've, I've, I've heard back from June. I have not heard back from Weezy yet. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. yeah we... Here's why I'm excited for that to come out. Because uh, Weezy said she could put me and Rick and Carrie in it. <laughs> yes. And, I am holding uh, my breath yeah, on that one. I'm like, I won't believe it until I've uh, smudged the ink with my fingers, but man, I'm really kind of open. Let me tell you, I already went to the comic book store and said, yes, I'd like that. I'd like to have the uh, the variant cover <laughs> and sign me up for Future Foundation. <laughs> you know, like, they looked at me and said, we already got you signed up for all those. <laughs> <laughs> they know your taste. It's, it's, it's always nice when your LCS is like, yeah, you would like this. <laughs> Well, sometimes I well I haven't I haven't had a box in forever, but uh, previously I'd also go on and be like, all right, I got about twenty bucks that I need to spend, and it's like, here's about eighty bucks worth of stuff in your box. And it's like, what the hell's this? <laughs> <laughs> you like Guar? Yeah, I do love Guar. That comic's like thirteen bucks. Uh... See, for me, back in the day uh, at Future Dreams, mm-hmm. I was signed up for X Men, which meant mm-hmm. that I had you know. Every given week, it was a thirty bucks, and that was yeah. back when comics were about a buck. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like you, you wanted like the annual, the swimsuit special, and the three, you know, uh, miniseries, right? Like, uh, yeah. uh, sure. Man, I still felt bad when I finally killed off my box at a store. Kind of in general, how is the 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 craft beer scene uh, out there in the uh, I would, greater Portland area? I would, I would point you to a article I can't remember right now. Um, <laughs> I want to say that it was... Um, and I would like to quote who, a Yeah. Why. Uh, I put it on Facebook. No, um, there was an article that came out about uh, a month ago, I think, that listed out the top craft uh, brewery cities in I want to say the U.S. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah the U.S. And Portland, Oregon was number one. Yeah. And it's not... It, it's a real simple reason to figure out why it's this is kind of the area I think craft breweries really started off in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, about 20 30 years ago but going up and down the west coast border that's where it really has picked up steam and so you go to places like Seattle Portland a lot of different places down California the little mom pop uh, you know pubs started their own little breweries in the back room in Portland kind of as our Play. I mean, Portland had a couple of um, its own breweries. We had Henry Weinhardt's and Windmere. Windmere. Windmere's the huge one. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, they got bought up by, I think, Anheuser-Busch. Right. I was worried about it, but it's still... And then, and, you know, and, and there was a couple other ones. There was a Portland brewery that came out with McTarnahan's. There's a few ones that came out back in the day in the early 80s. Late Late 80s, 90s. We had Rogue. And then, all of a sudden, back in the late 90s, McMiniman, the McMiniman brothers, uh, had themselves an idea. They wanted to have their own breweries. They want to have their own little pubs. So they went out and they purchased a whole bunch of historic buildings that were run down and about to be demolished, got them set up as historic uh, buildings, refurbished them, 
made them into restaurants slash breweries slash bar slash movie theater hotels and they started making money hand over fist they have 35 or 40 of these things across oregon and washington some are little strip mall things but for the most part it's kind of like hey this is you know uh prime example is the old crystal ballroom which is an old dance hall in the middle of downtown portland downtown and yeah it's like it's bars but you go upstairs there are two you know the the two upstairs are both uh ballrooms floating floating floors and yeah, it's just it's they're interesting locations. They have they have the old poorhouse out in Troutdale, which they've turned into this gigantic bed and breakfast with I think they've got seven seven or eight different breweries on premises mm-hmm. and a couple of different uh, restaurants. They've got a eighteen which is the big farm. Yeah, yeah. They, the, uh, they have yeah, they have the 18-hole golf course and we're talking a uh, driver and or a putter and a iron golf course. A little more than just a, a putting uh, yeah, putt putt golf, yeah, but it's still nice. And then on the other side of town, pretty much, you know, you go straight to the other side of downtown Portland. You've got the old Masonic Lodge out in Forest Grove. So you got these you know giant <clears throat> flagship kind of places, and you go to any McMinimins and you know exactly what beers you're going to get. Yeah, you're going to yeah. The the food and the beer is going to just be matched across the board yeah, wherever you go. But then each individual pub or kind of region, they've got their own specialty beers that they brew. So, you know, at the base of like all of Portland microbrews, you got McMinimins, which is just a standard. You know what you're going to get. It's pretty good stuff. And then you got brewery after brewery after brewery. Breakside Brewery, their tap room is walking distance from my house. Um, my favorite is Great Notion Brewery up in North Portland. They do some amazing wizardry with just some incredible ingredients. I, I cannot tell enough good things about the their uh, blueberry muffin sour, which yeah, smells smells like a freshly baked blueberry muffin. You take a sip, it's a perfect sour, and then you put down your glass and say, "Wow, I just drank a blueberry muffin." <laughs> it, is, it is amazing. They they do some stuff that you're just going, "How do they do this?" Yeah, and there's so many of the brew pubs that are yeah. It's just like you can see all the tanks. Yeah. And, and you can just go, I mean, you know, Hair of the Dog, uh, Base Camp. Base camp. Yeah, oh, uh, Gigantic. Gigantic's oh, yeah. breweries here, too. Gigantic, mm-hmm. uh, they just made the news because they've got the Hellboy Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've had the first two that, yeah, Gigantic Brewery, they've got the, the Hellboy out, they've got the Liz, yes, the Liz Sherman. I happen to have the uh, two Gigantic uh, labels right here, the Hellboy one and... The uh, Liz Sherman one, because during their their nice little promotion, they just got those hanging out. But yeah, we we've got them in town as well. So, and that's just Portland. Mm-hmm. And then if you go over to Bend, which is also on that list, Bend is a smaller town. It's a ski resort town up in the high desert on the other side of Mount Hood, and you have got uh, Sunnyside, Crux, Crux uh, uh, Boneyard. Um, Ten barrel. We 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 went there one time just to go to the McMinimans that they got out there to stay the night. So I to finish up a passport. That's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went out there and it was Jeff, me, and another one of our friends. We did a little mini beer tour. I think after the fourth bar and our third flight, 
I looked at the two guys. I was like, okay, we got to make it to McMinimins because none of us can be driving anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon we're going to be checked out. Yeah. And so, I mean, we drank the entire night and then we watched Logan. Yeah. Ooh. Quite drunk. time in the Roman bath. Yes. Not as it's erotic as you <laughs> Chris decided he was going to go out and try to find a girl that he met earlier. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Whatever people are. I think Chris just was like, hey, we're sitting with you guys now, and you can come over here as well, and just start talking. Yeah. And then he's hanging, you know, we're talking later, and he's like, yeah, that, she was throwing me massive fire. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go find her. And so, like, later on after we saw the movie, we're in this room, and Beth's like, yeah, Chris, you should go find her, go to her room. So he takes <laughs> off. We don't see him for like half hour, 45 minutes. Good, he comes in wide-eyed. I mean, his eyes are like saucer plates. He's like, guys, guys, I think I screwed up. Yeah. What'd you do? Well, I... He's covered I, in blood. He's <laughs> <double> <laughs> in blood. I honestly, that was pretty, it was pretty darn close. He left He left the bath wearing a bathrobe. Yeah. And I didn't... Swim, swim trunks. Swim trunks, bathrobe. Yeah. I don't no, know if he... No, no shoes. No, no shoes. He made it outside the McMinniman's property and just started walking down a street because he was lost, uh, found a, a church where there was a wake occurring. Oh, hell's bell. And oh, he boy. walks into the wake and starts talking to people, and they're giving him a look like, you shouldn't be here. And he finally gets the hint that I shouldn't be here, at which point he's like awkwardly trying to figure out a way to walk out. Because, <laughs> I mean, you've already... Uh, broke in on a wake where people are grieving for the loss of their sister. But now that you've made it awkward, you got to find the cool guy way to get out. And you can't just be like, well, time to hit the old dusty road. Later. And, 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 and you can't dad joke his way out going, what's got two legs and is walking out that door? This, this guy. guy. <laughs> and, and knowing our friend Chris, is like Jeff and I are like, yeah. Yeah, this happened to you. No, totally this totally happened to you. It wouldn't happen to us. This happened to you. Oh, yeah, I could be flat on my butt, and I can still make decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so, comic books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, when are you guys going to start recording? When are we going to introduce the show? <laughs> well, talk about, or we could just make up one. Hey, how about seriously? We haven't eaten. We haven't eaten dinner. We're just drinking beer. Our, our dinner is on the bed here. My wife was nice enough to give me subways to get both Jeff and I subway sandwiches. That was super awesome. Very nice of her. Yeah. And they're right there on the bed. So we're just drinking, and we are just going to be getting more and more silly. <laughs> hey, I actually have a topic. If anybody want to ask me how I'm doing, how are you <sighs> doing tonight, sir? Oh, you uh, fell into that. You, you know, fell man, into uh, that. To be honest, not that great. <laughs> you see a uh, now ask me why. Why? What's going on? What? Well, okay, well uh, there's a donut shop that opened up in town near where I live, and I've been really excited about it opening up. I knew it was going to come for a while, and it sounded like it was going to be really good. And, and we went there today, and it just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Mm. Uh. Generic, you get a maple bar, start with that, and you're kind of like, I'm like, I love me a maple bar, bite. Eh. So, I mean, times are pretty tough. <laughs> now, now, how long had the hype train been a rolling on this donut shop? I'm sorry. How long? How long had the hype train been a rolling on this donut shop? Like, was the sign out there for like two, three months, and you were like, "It's almost here. It's almost here." Very much like that. And then they sent out, a, you know, they sent out like the flyer, and there's a coupon. You're gonna get the 
you know, buy 12, get six for free, buy six, get a couple bucks off. And I'm like, buy one, get one free. And I'm all, oh, yeah. I'm going to give you donuts. I'm going to give you donuts. And we went over there all excited, like, we're going to get donuts. And they showed, you know, the pictures for their advertisement use are all colorful and like, teased all. And you're like, oh, it's going to be this just, ooh, amazing, colorful, just festive looking donuts. And it's going to be, each one is going to be, they're like, should I eat it? I don't know. It looks like a piece of art. And we walk in the door and it's like, that is a wall of brown. <laughs> uh, where, where's all the festive ornamentation that I saw your advertisement on? Where is the glazing and the colors and the boom, check out this art? You know, it's like each one is its own artistic little interpretation of what a donut should look like, but could be. It's kind of like, what if, you know, what if a Monet fell onto a you know, sugary baked good? So, I guess I'll have a blueberry fritter that's never seen a blueberry, and I guess I'll have a maple bar that is uh, tastes like oil. How's Ooh. your donut, honey? The middle's not cooked. Wonderful. So, <laughs> oh, uh, times are pretty tough. Times are pretty tough. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of kinks in the new in the new donut place. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have an amazing place that was nearby and. Now I'm just gonna have to keep on, you know, making the trek out to Voodoo or something and get amazing donuts today. Yeah. Mm. I mean, um, all we have is Duncan. I, I, so now, um, I guess this is a point where I could say I had an idea at one point because I was hitting, you know, midlife crisis range, and I was like, I, I started listening to podcast. I, I thought, you know, it would be a really cool idea if I started doing a podcast. I think I can do this. And after kind of looking and thinking about it for a while, I was like, I'm gonna do something on it. I'm, I like. I enjoy comic books. Well, I like X-Men. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> that market's tapped. Yeah. Um, so what, what hasn't anybody done? They haven't done Power Pack. I really liked Power Pack. I need to do this with somebody. So I started talking to Jeff. On my birthday, we went out to a McMinimans on my birthday. And I was in there talking to him about it. I said, I'm thinking about doing this. But I started talking about this. I said, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And I, I kind of was... No, prior to that, it was... Uh, <clears throat> I don't think it was there. I think it was uh, we were here having dinner. No, 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 no. It was it was there. It was there because because you were you were you were looking at me and I can remember distinctly. I said, "Think about doing a podcast." I, I kind of like to do it with you. I'm thinking about doing Power Pack. You looked me dead in the eye and was like, "I love Power Pack. I have all of the issues." Okay, so that was it. It was that. It was that. Because one, it was a split. I think we were at your birthday and talking comics. We did one. I think we talked about previously, but I think the power pack was there. Yeah, okay, maybe. But yeah, you were talking, well, not about the podcast. You were talking previously where you're like, uh, hey, I've been rereading power pack. And I'm like, oh, I love power pack. I read it all. Mm. all so it's totally like my folks place, but that's where you store stuff. And, uh, and that's where you store stuff. The, the yeah, it was at your birthday dinner where you were talking about uh, right. life is falling apart. Is a gun or a podcast? <laughs> you know, I, I, it wasn't, it wasn't the gun. My, my my way of talking to my wife about it was, honey, um, I'm having a midlife crisis, and I've got three options here. I can uh, buy a car, which is really expensive. I can have an affair, which is going to be pretty destructive on my life. Or or I, can, or I can do a podcast. She's like, I think you should do the podcast. I think I should, too. <laughs> this is my wife. She doesn't care about cars. <laughs> <laughs> he asked me, he's like, hey, these are my three options. And I'm, so it was me actually going, what kind of car? Actually, <laughs> what kind of an affair? <laughs> Emotional affair, romantic affair, a physical affair, an affair of the heart and the mind.
There's so much. But then I also looked at then I also looked at myself too, and I said, "Yeah, the bear's not going to happen." Excuse me, elderly sir. Hey, fat guy. Hey, fat white guy. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Obviously, you look very safe to approach. Can you help us with our car? I can't. I don't know cars. (laughs) Yeah, but no. Yeah, so Rick approached me. Yeah, he was just like, I want to do a podcast. Would you be interested in doing this with me? And I said, I have a four month old baby. Yes. I would love to have the additional work. To not be able to escape anything. So, yeah. Well, and, and also the fact of that, um, I am nowhere near as funny as he is. And he's got a better voice, too. So I'm like, you know, if I can do all the rest of the work and just have him show up <laughs> and, and just say the words that I put in his mouth and add, you know, the funny to it, I think we got a winning combination. Yeah. yeah. Rick does the lion's share. I will constantly admit to that. I would tell people before, I'm like, I don't know. Rick doesn't really contribute too much. He just takes care of the website, the tweets, the editing, the recording. He uh, does the initial script, and then uh, I'll edit it, add in jokes, and I show up and talk. So, I think I've also bought. The beer. I think I've also bought everything too. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are blind, chairman. Yeah. And I fully, fully, fully <laughs> eventually, I don't want it. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, being being a podcaster, and you guys can vouch for this. Eventually, you know the money that we're going to be raking in, you know, he'll get half of that, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys want to weigh in on that, right? Uh, well, Matt, Matt and I have a podcast prenup, so no. <laughs> yeah, after what twenty eight years at this point? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, something like that. A friendship. It's just kind of like yeah. It, it's just not worth the effort. We just sort of like shrug our shoulders, like, yeah, we'll just do it and whatever happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep telling Jeff, yeah, the money's going to come. I don't believe it. But I mean, <laughs> you guys are you know, you know what it's like. Life doesn't change even when you kind of get known. You put your mansion on one leg at a time, just like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, I came over to his house with some stickers, like, I bought stickers for us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Like, like, like stickers of the show or just like you know rainbows yeah. unicorns kittens no stickers 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 for the show i i've got advertising stickers for the show i was excited they're pretty, they're really pretty. That would have been great if it was just stickers it's like check it out it's a rainbow and there's a wizard there's stars you can build a peachy. to be to be fair the uh, those stickers came with some <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> Yeah, my my wife is in the process of looking for a new job, and she was saying, I would love to find a job where I can make, you know, quite a bit more than I was before, so you could dedicate your entire day to, you know, writing and podcasting, because you know you're not making any money from that. I'm like, <laughs> yes, love, I am well aware of that. <laughs> I understand that my career path choices continually lead to disappointment. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm the only person in the world who's making more working in the theater. Than... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, here's the thing that I want to. I, 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 yeah. I don't want to be on the market or go dating or anything anymore. But I really want to make a dating profile so that way when it, you know, when I can talk about income, I'm like, I can say sometimes I find money on the street, so you know I can provide. <laughs> <laughs> That and then for like you know tell me about yourself would be like former crossing guard. Eh? Yeah. Eh. You know that's gonna that's gonna pull. 
occasionally finds a five dollar bill. I've, I've I've had conversations at work with my managers. They're like, you seem you know really not enthused at work. You know, is is what do you want to do? What do you want your goal to be? I want a podcast to make money at it. When they stop laughing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, I have gotten to this point at my job where I have the reputation as the guy with the connections in the geek community. Because this season we've done a play that was uh, a vampire, uh, a modern feminist queer reinterpretation of Dracula and a play about you know the ethics of human cloning and in both cases like well you know Matt you can find people in you know that community it's like what community is that exactly Oof, my you know, let me let me let me teach you about uh, the subset of a subset of a niche group because <laughs> you have found it yes. <laughs> population us. <laughs> yeah, there was one guy show they referenced us and they called us like a niche of a niche. And then I was like, oh, yes, yeah. they, they they got it. They got it. And I'm like, I can't be upset with that. That is amazingly accurate. People I've talked to people like, Are you successful? I said, I am incredibly successful. I think I have hit every single person that is interested in my niche of a niche <laughs> hobby. <laughs> How many is that? Three hundred on a good day. <laughs> I will say you have made my god awful commute that much easier. I, I podcasts are the only thing that keep me sane driving an hour and a half each way to work every day. And every podcaster whose shows help keep me sane, I have to thank them for that. Now I need to I need to ask because this is very important to me. Is that an hour and a half round trip? Oh no, that's an hour and a half each way. Then, my friend, you have beat me by a half an hour because I have an hour each way for my trip. And let me tell you, I burn through podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on a really good day, it's an hour, but it's Philadelphia traffic. So okay. even working. There's no really good day. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. The, the yeah. only times that it is that hour is when. I'm leaving work at like 10 o'clock at night. If I leave at any time that is a, you know, human time, no, that's an hour and a half at least. And uh, I, I, I do a van pool between Portland and Salem and people are like, Oh, that's gotta be rough. I'm like, no, I know all the back roads. I've done this for over 10 years. I can, I, it is, we have it locked in. It is an hour each way. I know exactly where it's at. I know how to move past all of those different things. So yeah, it's it, it's a talent if you can figure it out. But yeah, podcast and doing those drives, uh, finding finding something to occupy your time, finding a community of people so that you can listen to and interact with. That's what makes us worth it. And your social, yeah. right? Uh, let me let me let me ask you this, Rick. What are what are your faves? What are you, what are you listening to? Jeez. <laughs> well, I listen to everything. Um, right now, I will tell you that the big thing I'm listening to right now, because I've burned through all the other back issues and stuff, but I am going through all of the back catalog of the Film and Water podcast with uh, Rob Kelly. Uh, yeah, Rob Kelly. Uh, it's he just he's got a list of different films that he likes, and he goes through and, and talks about them with a, a rotating cast of different people, and. 
I've been finding that I've been listening to a lot of them going, God, I love that film. God, God, I love that film. I, God damn it. He's already got that film. Um, let's see here. I'll just read through what I got here. Uh, Highlander rewatched. I'm a big Highlander fan. I love the movie. I love the TV show. They're going through each episode. So that's kind of a fun thing I'm doing is rewatching each episode of Highlander. Some of them ain't good. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, I, I own all of the movies. I own all the TV shows. I have all the TV shows on VHS. Wow. Um, I have owned, I have owned multiple copies of the first movie. The only, the only, the only thing I haven't owned it on is, is Laserdisc. And that's because I never had a Laserdisc player. Or my friend had Beta. So there you go. That's what I first saw Highlander on Beta. Uh, let's see here. War Rocket Ajax. Uh, NPR Up First, Battle of the Atom, Pop Culture Happy Hour, Jane and Miles Explain the X-Men, Smash Fiction, Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast, which, if you want to hear more of us, we actually do... Uh, some junior agents. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have the one of their episodes, or some of their episodes are MI6, Rookie Agents. They do it with the Long Rocks Crusade. And we submit a, um, a report on each one of the films. And it basically... <laughs> It it basically is me in the middle of, of recording our podcast. I will all of a sudden do a pop quiz on a James Bond movie and surprise the hell out of Jeff. The, <laughs> the best one is coming up, though, because the next one that's going to be coming out on the MI6, it's going to be about a month from now. Um, let me just say this. Well, spoiler. Uh, when I decided to do the pop quiz for that, at the time, we were recording with Louis Simonson. Oh, <laughs> Wow. It was they. They already recorded that episode. Oh, I got I got something back from Delvin. He just oh, yeah. right on right on Twitter. He's like, "Man, you are crazy." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, he'll just uh, <clears throat> yeah, he'll uh, just like stop the thing. He'll he'll be reading like a line, and then he'll go pop quiz, Jeff, <laughs> and he'll ask me some question that you know, he's like, "This actor was in this." Yeah, do you remember? whatever do you remember the living daylights i'm like yeah i remember seeing that like 20 years ago and he's like oh okay we'll talk about it a little bit and then he's like well how about blah if he just asked me some question that's superficially connected to it like, and then i get the answer and uh i sound uh the dumbest i have ever sounded because uh, i like i don't know and it is awesome and it is fantastic and 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 it works well um, it seems to make them laugh and that's yeah honestly that's that's one of the reasons that we're doing it is just to make people laugh and to make each other laugh. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's what we do. Is that's uh, that's completely what we do. Half the time we've got a scripted show and we're going through the show, and we'll riff on something in the script, and then it's just we're we're laughing hysterically as we go down this road. I'm like, I'm going to be editing the hell out of this, but uh, we're going to have fun <laughs> with it. Fun. So that's the part. But what other, what other uh, oh, let's hear. Uh, 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 Wait, wait, don't tell me. Coffee and Comics, uh, My Mother, the Podcast, which, let me tell you, have you ever heard that one before? I, I haven't. I love the name. No. Uh, my Mother, the Podcast, these two guys, they find TV shows that have one season, and they watch like about four or five episodes of that show, and then they talk about it. And it's like they have, they have set themselves up for failure. <laughs> I, every now and again, they'll get, they'll, they'll like, we watch Briscoe County Jr., oh my God, this is great. But most of the time, they're like, what the hell have we done to ourselves? Um, yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I'm looking that yeah. one up. <laughs> um, 
uh, Worst Comic Podcast Ever, which I, I highly recommend that. It's uh, three three friends are from Kansas City. One of the guys actually is out here in Portland now. But these three guys, once a week they get together, they talk about the upcoming comics that are coming out. And it's just a nice, general, here's what's coming out type show. And it's very down-to-earth and friendly. I really like it. Um, we Hate Movies, which... Oh, uh, yes. Big fan of We Hate Movies. Big fan of those guys. Those guys, I, I, I cannot wait till they come out to Portland again. I am going to catch their show in Portland because they make me laugh. Yeah, I and I love, I, I love their theory, though. They will rip movies to shreds, but then they turn around and say, you know what? If you like the movie, that's okay. It's okay to like a bad movie. It's okay to like it. You know, we are going to rip it to shreds. We'll make fun of it. But if you like it, don't be offended. You can like a bad movie. It's okay. Oh, yeah, they've hit – they've – torn us to shreds a couple of movies i love and i've laughed along with it mm-hmm. because I, I accept that my tastes are not always great right. <laughs> i already said i already said i love the movie highlander i will be the first to admit that's not a good movie but i love it but it's fantastic it's fantastic I love yeah that one movie that it was let's see here uh geo gearheads that's a geocaching uh podcast which we're geocachers. Well, we can talk about that later. Uh, of course, the uh, Adventure Zone with the McElroys. Oh, oh, yes. I am really have to get off my duff and get uh, tickets for the reading of the new graphic novel they're doing in New York. I Yeah. I, they got, I, they're coming to Portland, too, and I think I might want to go and see that. I have to say I haven't. I, I keep meaning to, and I've got to try to reach out either through first, second, or through Marvel PR to try to get Clint to do our show. Cause I would love oh. to talk to him about his about upcoming journey into mystery, journey into mystery and his upcoming arc on Marvel team up with yeah. Kamala and Carol. You know, I, I think you guys can, I, that would be a fantastic one. I think it'd be wonderful. Have you seen them in at live at all? I haven't. They are, they came to Portland. They did a show in Portland. It was just their, uh, my brother, my brother, me, but took my wife to see it. They had Sawbones to start off with it. And my wife is not, she doesn't really listen to the podcast at all or anything like that. Unless I, she's in the car with me, but we were there and she was dying with laughter. She's like, this is funnier than I thought it would be. I'm like, these guys are hilarious. They, they have got it down. There are three brothers who just, they learned how to be funny with each other and they have mastered it. One of these years, I'll get the gear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to go back just a real quick sure. thing that you had said. You had said, uh, Marvel Team Up is now a Kamala Khan Team Up book, and the first arc, the arc that's running now, is Eve Ewing doing Spidey and Kamala in a classic body switch story. Okay. And the second arc is Clint McElroy doing Carol and Kamala on some sort of wacky adventure. I can't remember so the details. Eighties Disney films. It's like Ms. Marvel and Miss Marvel in the Marvel Trap. Yeah, <laughs> probably. And, uh, it, yeah. It, it, if it's, you know, if you know, if you know Clint McElroy's uh, kind of humor, that's probably about right. Okay, I'm pro that. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's behind that. He's he's. You can, you can put my stamp of approval to that. I just need to get stamps. He's an interesting guy because you kind of catch him, especially early stuff on the Adventure Zone. You're like. This is kind of just a daughtery old man who's just playing along with his sons. But then you realize, no, nah, he's actually pretty with it. Until recently, he just retired. He was a radio 
uh, announcer, a radio disc jockey, I think, on a local uh, radio station in North Carolina. And he's kind of the the one who instilled the humor and comedy and pop culture love into his sons. And he's he's pretty with it. I like him. He's a good guy. They're all they're all enjoyable. Um, Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes. Uh, Listen to that. Yep, one. Aaron Mankey. Yep. Um, the uh, Fire and Water Records, which is kind of a new one that they started, the Records Revolution. Uh, the DD Cast, which I just came onto that one. It's a Disney Cast uh, podcast where they talk about all things Disney, hmm. and it's actually done right out of Grants Pass. I met the guy. Um, my best friend is actually knows one of the guys who does that. I met him last time we went down to the Medford, Oregon Comic Con. Medford, Oregon Comic Con. It's a free Comic Con between the library and the community college. Oh, nice. It's Great. really nice. I've gone down the last three years. It's it's small. It's a very conservative town. And it's like this brings out all of the freaks to come out and fly their flag. <laughs> and it is fantastic. Um, let's see here. Tighten up the defense mm-hmm. because, you know, <laughs> yes. he's, in t- he's in town with us. <laughs> um, actually, he... Um, Hub was the first person I reached out to when I came up with this idea. We recorded our first show. I sent it to him and I said, hey, would you mind listening to this and tell me, is this any good? And he came back. He wrote back saying, I was really hesitant. I didn't know. You know, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to listen to these. You know, it's probably not going to be good. You guys surprised me. This is really good. I think you've got something. And it was with that stamp of approval that I decided to go ahead and put it out there. Yeah, the first one surprised me, too, because I thought that was a practice one. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, redo it. And then we recorded episode number two. Nope, we don't have time for this crap. That one's fine. Print, stamp, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Noob siree. Um, The truth, which, if you haven't heard the truth, check that out. I want to hear the truth. It's a it's a radio drama. They do short stories. Uh, usually, it's just one episode. Um, they're kind of in the middle of a five part thing right now. But uh, Sound Exploder, the Presidents of Frenzy show, West Wing Weekly. Which, if you don't mm-hmm. like the West Wing, I just don't even want to talk to you anymore, Jed. No, um, no that's another one that's on my list. Are are you are you watching the episode before you listen to the each episode? Now I am. In the early episodes, I'd watched them so many times I could recite yeah. them. But yep. now, as we're in the later seasons, yeah, I've got to kind of watch along. Yep. Yeah, I, I was. I actually was doing a catch up of the when I first started. I was like, okay, I can kind of like see every two or three of these. I know most of these by heart. But then once I caught up, it's like I'm watching each episode, and it's fun just kind of walking along through it. Um, huh? WM Comics. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> those guys <laughs> those guys uh, my brother my brother and me lore yep. uh the fire and water podcast um comic reflections another portland one i actually done a few things with nicholas prom he's a pretty good guy really good guy I'm sorry. I apologize. No, you can cut no, this out. No, this is. Believe me, you're gonna. When you're done, I'm gonna throw a couple your way too. Okay. Uh, Long Box Crusade. Um, Caching in the Northwest is another geocaching one. Livewire uh, with uh, Luke Burbank, which I I came across Livewire when uh, my sister-in-law was actually oh, yeah. on Livewire, and I got to be in the green room during the taping, and I got to meet Peter Sagal. Nice. I had to have beers with Peter Sagal. That was awesome. <laughs> Dude, yes. Uh, 
Hell yes. <laughs> I'm sitting there and, and like my wife and I are like, this is exciting. My sister-in-law wrote a book, you know, we're, she's asked to be on Livewire. We're in the green room. This is kind of neat and everything. And I'm back there and I'm hearing people talk. Hey, Peter's going to be a guest star. I'm like, Peter. And all of a sudden I turn around like Peter Sagal's right there. I'm like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> and the next thing I know is I'm, I'm having beers with him and I'm loving it. I got a, I got a selfie with him too, which is okay. nice. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I couldn't have pulled him out of the line. No. But let me tell you, he's but he's got a fantastic voice. Uh, Criminal, which that's another great one. Um, the yeah, uh, I can't read the thing here. It's the um, Thanos Warlock Resurrections. Um, Cheers cast: Malcolm Gladwell, Revisionist History, Ohatmu, and Smash Fiction, and The Math of You. And then a bunch of things that haven't put out in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me throw a couple your way sure. because I uh, – radio drama, other than comics, radio drama is kind of my podcast go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've never listened to the Thrilling Adventure Hour, you just do yourself a favor. The, the Thrilling Adventure Hour is what got me into podcasts. I've heard a couple of them. I know that um, – Josh Molina has been on a couple of them, I think. He was a recurring – he did uh, – He's. Uh, I mean, of the 200-plus episodes, he's probably on 50 to 75 of them. Okay. Yep, there we go. He, yeah, he was the barkeep on Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars, <laughs> who is uh, Mark Evan Jackson, who you might know if you've ever watched Parks and Rec or The yes. Good Place – Brooklyn Nine Nine, he sparks Nevada. There, so many of the people on there are char- who do thrilling adventure are character actors. Um, my personal favorite is Beyond Belief. Meet Frank and Sadie Doyle, toast of the upper crust, headliner on the society pages. And oh yes, they see ghosts. It, it's Nick and Nora Charles. If they were even drunker, yes, investigate supernatural mysteries and it's paul f tompkins and paget brewster and they are a goddamn delight damn Um, yeah that i'm currently about halfway through a limited series that wrapped up back in january that i just they i just wanted to now listen to all 10 episodes called the angel of vine it's radio drama it is um basically the black dahlia Ooh, but okay. it's it, it's a it's not re, it's quote unquote sort of true crime, but it's investigating this case called that was called the Angel of Vine that is basically the Black Dog. It's uh, Joe Manganiello, Mike Coulter, <gasps> Constance Zimmer, Alan Tudyk, um, uh, Alfred Molina. Yeah, the the voice cast is incredible. Okay, let's see here. Download. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else? Right. What else you already said? Um, oh, hello did, I, did I mention? Did I mention uh, wooden overcoats? No. Did you listen to that? No. Uh, that's another. Uh, it finished up. That's why I probably skipped over it. But wooden overcoats is a co- British comedy drama, and the premise is it's a small island near Britain that has a funeral home. It's run by the Funs, and they run the Fun Funeral Home. They put the Fun <laughs> in funeral, ah. and um, it is. They are just. They are horrible, horrible people. And this guy comes into town who everybody loves instantly, and he opens up another funeral home. <laughs> and <laughs> they do three seasons, and it is a flipping riot. The the main guy, uh, I can't remember his first name, but the the main brother, 
uh, the fun funeral, every time he answers the phone is, now look here. Oh, yes, hello. <laughs> so, yes, it is fantastic. Down. Yes, um, wooden overcoats. Yep. Uh, hello from the Magic Tavern, which is... Um, yes, I've heard about that one. Yeah, um, uh, Travis McElroy has guested on a few of those. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my favorites in one of my normal morning uh, commute podcasts is The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Every day they put up one episode of a classic detective uh, radio show from the 50, 40s, 40s and 50s. So you'll oh. get, you know, your Sherlock Holmes sometimes, yours truly Johnny Dollar, all those types of shows. Did you grow up on a lot of those old time radio shows? My I, parents, yeah. My, my parents yeah, I mean, got me into suspense and things like that. Yes. My parents got me like a, a set of tapes that were a bunch of like yes. old time horror things. Um, the, uh, uh, um, I'm going to drop all the names now, but it, I had, there was Orson Welles 1984. Uh, um, it had The Shadow. It had uh, the, um, Oh, it is later than you think. Uh, ah, I'm going to totally drop the name of that one now. But yeah, it had all those really good old creepy ones. And then I also had the comedy set too, like Battling Bickersons and Fibber McGee and Molly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, those uh, are the good stuff. Yeah. Um, one show, which is simply The Simpsons Show, which is two guys who are doing West the West Wing Weekly thing, but with The Simpsons from episode one moving forward and right now they're in the middle of season 12 which is a not a good time for the simpsons god uh, they're never gonna end no, they're gonna be trapped <laughs> doing this show forever oh uh, well it'll be nice with the they'll have uh, the inheritance that they'll pass on to their children <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, myths and legends um myths and legends and uh one that's it's it's a kids podcast but it's, it's called circle round where they take uh folk tales and do kid friendly um radio play versions of classic folk tales with some pretty solid uh theater people doing the uh weekly guest voices that would be fun yeah uh, Oh, there, there was another one. There was another one I forgot to mention too. Uh, that's because they, they stopped kind of producing right now. But it was um, the red. You kind of just what you were mentioning made me think of it. It's um, uh, rats, um, monsters among us. Oh, I've heard uh, of that one. Yes, Mo- or uh, monsters out of the closet. Mo- sorry, monsters out of the closet. Okay. And um, I actually met one of the producers of the show, or one of the producers. Uh, co-host of the show she actually worked for the same publishing company that put out my sister-in-law's book so i ended up sitting at a table with her at a book launch party and she was telling me about her podcast and i came across it but it's it's very cool it's um it's horror stories written for and about lgbtq community Ooh. and all of the people that are involved all of the people that are involved in it are lgbtq so it's like hmm. they're always looking for a more like people to come in and help them out. I'm going, I would love to help you out. I just don't fit into those categories. But it's it's a great, 
great little podcast, and they do some <laughs> really nice work. Just oh, no. <laughs> total aside, but you know, it was so fun at uh, that book launch party. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I was just like, yeah, it's just like, oh, hey, it's Nicole. I haven't met her yet, but it's Cindy's sister. It's Rick's sister-in-law. That's cool. I really want to meet her and talk to her, but she's busy right now, so I'll just leave her be. And then just seeing the people that were there that were like awestruck. Yeah. Like, oh, Nicole Chung. Oh, I've read her sister. I remember so much. And I'm kind of like, hey, I want to meet you because you're my friend's sister. And we, we've talked about this before, too. It's like when we were talking to Louise Simonson, you know, we're like freaking out. We're talking to Louise Simonson. But it's not unlike... You know, we're, we put it up to the same thing of meeting my sister-in-law. It's like, I've known my sister-in-law now for a few years. Yeah. And one of the things was, is like, okay, um, it's cool that she's writing this book. But we have some friends that knew Nicole yeah. Chung as being the celebrity on the internet. Yeah, yeah, she, she, was, uh, she was doing other stuff on the internet. And now she wrote this book. And so, like, they wanted to meet her because, like, oh, my gosh, this person who I followed on the internet, that's Cindy's sister? Like, yeah, that's her sister. She's a big deal. She's Cindy's sister. I want to go up and talk to her and stuff, but yeah, it was, it was her launch party, so she right. was super busy with everything. And, and you know, it's like the moment that I saw her having like some free time, I'm like, oh, I should go talk to her. Like, no, she's just now getting to here. Right. And I've been there where just a few days. All you want to do. And like, go, I would just like to eat some. And I'm like, you're at that moment. It's still funny you never got a signed book. <laughs> I feel bad about that. Please, please sign my book. Sign. Sorry, my book. I, 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 see, we've talked about it a few times here. I'll, let me just go do the plug. My sister-in-law Nicole Chung. She wrote uh, some or an autobiography about her and my wife. Um, it's called All You Can Ever Know. It's written by Nicole Chung. Came out in October. It's a very good book. It focuses on race and adoption. Um, she's actually younger than my wife. Uh, it's all in the book, so I'll just kind of give it out here. Mm-hmm. She's younger than my wife. When my wife was about six years old, uh, her parents, who were Korean, her mom was pregnant, and they went to the hospital and they came back and said, oh, she had a miscarriage. She didn't have a miscarriage. She gave her daughter up for adoption. My wife didn't know about it until about eh, 12 years ago when through a series of things, there was a letter that was sent to Cindy's mom and Cindy found out about it, which basically said, you know, somebody's requesting information from a biological parent. And that's when it all came out that, yes, Cindy had a full-blooded younger sister that she never knew about. And for the past 12 years, Cindy and her have become very close. I mean, they met. I was there when they got to meet and it still chokes me up to this day whenever I think about it because... They talked a lot on the phone, but finally were able to see each other. And <clears throat> yeah, it was very important. It was about a year after uh, Nikki had her uh, first daughter. And over the years, it's kind of been everything I can do to get them together to see each other. It's very important. But this book kind of chronicles their lives parallel to each other as they grew up dealing with the things they both had to deal with, you know, Cindy and very difficult family life and Nikki being raised by loving parents who, you know, raised her down in Southern Oregon in a very white town and the racism that she faced being the only Asian person that she knew. And it's a very strong, very powerful book. And there's a, there's a lot of personal stuff in there for me and my family, but it's, it's very interesting. So. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. What's that? Yeah, I haven't read it. You still haven't read it? Part of it is because I'm close to the story to the point where I'm like, I feel like it's an intrusion on, like, especially Cindy, where I'm all like, I, I want to read this, but I also don't because it seems kind of like, hey, I found your diary and I was looking through it. Let's talk. It's pretty close to that. The first time I read the the transcript of it, I was like looking over at Cindy. I'm like, are are you okay with this? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm like, okay. But yeah, she's had that conversation too. She's like, it's really weird, you know, like some people I know, they're doing a book club on it and yeah. it's strange. I'm like, yeah, that's your life. And let me tell you, yeah. let me tell you from personal experience now, it is very humbling to see yourself described accurately in a half a sentence. Your entire life is summed up in half a sense, and I read that. I'm going, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Damn it. My character. <laughs> the line was, Rick was uncharacteristically quiet. <laughs> yep, that's me. All right. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> By the way, we've we've moved on to Jeff's favorite beer in the world. Yeah. Are you surprised I pulled that out for you? I was a little surprised. Hmm. I was surprised there was beer in the first place, but I was pleasantly happy. It's my house. Of course there's beer. Hey. <laughs> Over. Do that more, but it's hard to escape. Yeah, my favorite beer is a Elysian Split Shot. It's an espresso milk stout. And if you like coffee and stouts, it is more of a combo. Very nice. Is there anything else you is there anything else you gentlemen need to know about us? <laughs> you, no, listen, beer, beer preferences are important. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually funny in our just sort of stream of consciousness seeing it around, we hit a lot of the questions that Dan and I had prepped, so that's fine. Uh, again, without having to ask them. It's like yes. the, it's it's Camden all over again. It is. <laughs> That, that, that was. Here's kind of the thing with being Rick is a lot of times it's like if you don't have to ask the questions, we'll eventually just rattle off on these tangents. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you think about the blah blah blah? And we're like, well, let's have a talk about that. And it's like, you know, I was going to ask about that. Like, no, you're fine. Clearly, <laughs> and the wires are tight. Yeah, we we are sitting here, and it's just him and I are just kind of staring at each other. Yeah. Uh, so we both like. Yeah, with the, we both got microphones, so we're really just talking to each other right now, and you just listening to you guys in our ears. Yeah, schizophrenia kicks in, and somebody starts talking about other podcasts. Who is what's it? what's going on? There's mice in the walls. Voices in my ears. <laughs> um, just just kind of round out if you guys want to know. Uh, Jeff and I met uh, probably two thousand five ish. Yeah. We oh, met. Uh, I think it was uh, shampoo. Second, uh, the the second or uh, no, that'd be uh, shampoo four. I think four. Yeah, I had. Yeah, I think it was uh, third or fourth shampoo. Yeah. So, um, we are geocachers, okay. and we'll explain that. Uh, have you ever heard of geocaching? Oh yeah, yeah. We met geocaching. Uh, it was actually at a campout that is kind of well known around here. It's at Shampooy Campgrounds and Sham. Yeah, Shampooy State Park, and it is pretty much right between. Portland and Salem. And it's the first settlement in Oregon. Sure. Sure. You know, you, 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 you know what? There's a bunch of stuff around. I've read the signs. I yeah. can't remember now. I was pretty drunk when I read the signs. I know, it's great. <laughs> uh, 
cursed everywhere and you can learn all sorts of interesting things about the first villain town. We oh, were wonderful. drunk. Tell me about that. I don't know. I walked through the entire museum. Of, I know. I can't. I don't think I've ever gone through the museum. Trevor and Trevor and I did. Trevor and I did. Anyways, uh, it used to be every year. Now it's every other year. About uh, two hundred of our closest friends get together to drink. Yeah, yeah sounds uh, we lovely. Take, <laughs> we we take over the park, and there's usually a theme. Uh, we set up a bar over in Yurtsville, and now the bar currently consists of one of those giant black event tents, and the inside there's a three sided aluminum lit up bar that two people can that a two people a couple um victoria and armando they stand they sit behind and they pour drinks and it's all free because they've already, kind of already picked up some money kind of bought a bunch of stuff and they basically host the bar that's one of the bars we have <laughs> um we have another guy who's got a couple slushy machines set up to do mudslides 24 7 um <laughs> And it, I love that. It, oh, I love that. Yeah, that and machine is kind of like, hey, where's Jeff? I'm over here with my <laughs> giant cup, filling and emptying it repetitively. I'm I'm riding my bike around the place at seven o'clock in the morning. Like, ooh, slushy. Yes, I think. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, mudslide. Yes, sir. I shall. Seven o'clock in the morning. Why not? <laughs> I ain't driving anywhere. Um, yeah, the booze flows. Uh, go into any campsite and people just offer you a beer. And there's usually some theme going on one year was the electronic shampoo carnival we had different carnival games at each site and there was lights lit up everywhere we've done mini golf of the year that i ran it we did the olympics mm-hmm. um it it, it amazing race the, the we carnival. did the amazing race that one year yes um and like i said it's like you know 200 or so golf yeah the mini golf we yeah. 200 or so of our closest friends this coming year in august it's going to be um, science fiction, yeah. yeah, and some of the stuff that people are creating for it. I think Debbie just created a. She made a Sharknado. Yeah, she made a Sharknado. <laughs> and the picture of it was just amazing. It's yeah. it is a Sharknado. It's it's this. It looks like it's about four or five feet tall. It looks like it might be a uh, cage. Yeah. Uh, covered with cotton batting and Bunch plastic of... sharks. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, it's a Sharknado. It's like, yep, yes, that's it is, exactly and that's <laughs> it's insane. So about the second year, uh, or no, uh, Shampooy Four. That's I think the first time I met him, and I think you were sleeping in the back of your truck. Uh, no, the very first one I was in was over in the cabin. Oh, you were in the cabin. <clears throat> yeah, I was in there with JB, uh, and that was <laughs> great because uh, you know, hey, you're in a new environment, and the person that you're uh, sharing sharing a cabin with wakes up drunk in the middle of the night thinking that he's at home yelling about where the fuck the door's gone to. <laughs> so, was, now this guy, this guy, this guy also had a tendency to fall into rose bushes too. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. So the first year I was in a cabin. Second year I was in a. Third year, yeah. Uh, the next four or five years, I just slept in the back of my truck. Kind of, kind of, kind parking. of, kind of fell backwards there, yeah, didn't well, you? Yeah, not in the overflow parking. Yeah. <laughs> Third year, I think I was in the bed of my truck in a parking spot in a uh, tent camping, and then I spent several years over yeah, in, uh, overflow B. Uh, no. par- overflow parking in the back of my truck, and it was awesome because it was I had the place to myself. It was quiet. It was nice. I could hear the shenanigans going off in the distance. I was living, I was walking in the uh, no. Lexi's bathroom. It was to, great to, over there. Sleeping. 
to give you guys an idea about kind of the decorations, it, it really is me and another campers fault. It was sled dog, Trevor and I's or Doug, Trevor and I's fault. Um, we had campsites were right next to each other. And one year the theme was the seventies. So we put together a living room and put it together in our shared camping spot. It it was a living room. We had a carpet, we had a sofa, a love chair, a love seat. We had a TV. We had a table that Trevor had uh, melted 180, 200 crayons. He melted the crayons. So like it was just kept on like doing psychedelic on the inside of it. Well, it get it, yeah, yeah. Well, no, what he did was he was trying to, he was trying to melt them. He was using a hairdryer and it wasn't working, so he decided to put it in the back of his hatchback because he said if he had this table with these crayons in it, in the back of his hatchback, it would be hot enough in there. If it's hot enough inside to kill a dog, it's hot enough to melt wax. He was right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> these are these are sick people we have. Um, so we did that one year. Uh, the next year was Halloween. Yeah, so we did. Cool. We did a bathroom that year, and by bathroom I mean we brought out a full shower stall. stall. Like this is a full shower stall that you could you you could walk into this shower stall. There was a toilet that was there, uh, a you know real. It wasn't functioning, but we'll get to that. It was a real toilet. It was yeah, and then we had then we had a sink, uh, a freestanding sink on a vanity. The shower, you walk in the shower and you flip a switch in there, and a shot of alcohol would come out of the faucet above you into your mouth. Yeah, you know what was funny about that? <laughs> Seeing the people that would take their shower shot yeah. and then be screaming about the alcohol in their eyes. Yes, it was especially the shorter ones. <laughs> <laughs> it burns. Remember. The goggles do nothing. Do nothing. <laughs> super excited and screaming. <laughs> People, people. uh, I think it was Debbie and Mark just have memories of Donna coming down and sucking the alcohol out of her shirt because that's where you just went (laughs) all the way down her chest. Trevor and I were still impressed that the damn thing worked the first time putting it together. I mean, we went to Home Depot, spent about 45 minutes walking around Home Depot, came back with parts, put it together, and the son of the son of a bitch worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the bat uh, the toilet you open up the lid of the toilet and a snake jumped out at you. The, <laughs> I never did that. Never did that. Yeah, never did um, that and then the sink, if we had the sink on a remote so that we could press it. And we had a pump in there that would run red water through the sink. <laughs> Ooh. A little bit of carry right there. Okay. Oh, we we had we we had fun. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it, if you if you don't overdo it, you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's that that's when we met, and yeah, we just. Uh, then I was uh, yeah. Then I yeah. get trapped at work a lot, but then you would find some movies. Yeah, used to do movie nights. And, and, yeah, you know how it kind of goes with some friendships, where you just start seeing them more and more and more, and then you show with them, and then they're well, trapped with them forever. <laughs> it, also <laughs> that, it also helps you that, once you start dating Hillary, yeah, that was uh, Cindy and Hillary have always yeah, been pretty good friends, and so, and now, you know, my daughter loves just basically lifting your daughter and carrying her around. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It's kind of nice because uh, we both got. You know, uh, Terry's about eight years old. I got a two-year-old. So kind of a. 
Yeah. Uh, two only kids who did. Yeah. Anything else you guys wanted to know? Uh, I mean, <laughs> so what other beers do we like? See. <laughs> <laughs> IPAs, however, this is IPA Central, and uh, we've been drinking a lot of IPAs for our show because we haven't had a Canadian. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, who thematically connects them? We, as a partnership, uh, will. Let, let me let me do this. Let me let me let me let me get let me get a little closer. I'm like, who does that? It's hard. It, let me man. let me tell you all you people out there, it is not an easy feat to go find a beer that matches up with a comic book. You have to really stretch your imagination sometimes. I mean, unless, unless Gigantic makes it easy and it's just like, here, drink this with Hellboy. <laughs> um, actually, uh, when the Hellboy. Here, drink this with Hellboy. Okay. <laughs> um, when uh, they were doing the release of Hellboy, I went out to the local Portland bar called the Nerd Out. Wait, which, are, are, are we talking about the Portland. most recent Hellboy? Yes. Uh, okay. No, no, no. The, the Hellboy uh, beer that Jake The Hellboy beer. Had. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I love Hellboy. I have heard nothing good about the beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're better. I, I'm one of like the. 12 people who saw it and you're you're okay i wanted it to be good too <laughs> believe me i saw it on like the imax screen i i went the whole nine yards on it and yeah nope nope that's dan over there that's, that's back this dan? matt is the one who saw hellboy Okay, yeah, okay, Matt. Yeah, uh, Matt, uh, but, but lie to me. Tell me it's good. It, is, is any part of it worth watching? Ian McShane. Anything? Well, that's, you can say that about anything. <laughs> no, like that's why it's like... like <laughs> I want my dick to get harder because Ian McShane said it would. He's amazing. He <laughs> <laughs> called my dead wood a dead dick, dead wood, dead dickery doo-doo. And then he said, put this pill in you, you fuck. And then I did, and my rock-hard cock just said, just scream to Ian McShane. <sighs> okay, here's the problem. I will I will tell you what my, my main quibble with this film is. Hellboy is not in itself an R-rated comic. So pushing the envelope to make it an R-rated movie seem to detract from the the mystery so much of Hellboy is in the shadows, putting it right out there in the open with the excessive gore didn't feel like Hellboy. So you're saying Deadpool was great because it was R, we're gonna do that. Didn't work for him? Yes. Mm. I mean it I mean the also, when you get to a certain point, when you see all these like demons from hell, they don't feel like, and they were not, and they do not feel like Mignola designs. They're just sort of generic Hollywood, big, ugly monsters. I, okay, as an aside, I hate cinema where it is 
just like you, you go in and you walk out and you're like, what did I just see? And it's just the generic, uh, oh, it's the gods of Egypt. There, it's, the, the, it's just CG things. In the there's there's a time or place for that. I, I think I think you haven't seen it yet, but Avengers Endgame does that well. But at the same time, though, yeah, if you're just cranking out the monsters, cranking out the monsters, and you're not getting the, the intricacies, and that's what the comic is known for. Okay, well, that was one of my problems with the uh, recentest uh, Ghostbusters. Where it was just, you know, they had a lot of problems. But, mm. You know, one of it was just kind of like the entirety of the like ghost monster design. It was kind of cartoonish and also just, it was nothing. It was just a big blob of kind of luminescence. Was, and nothing stood out, nothing was interesting. Mm. But now back to Hellboy. Yeah, no, I mean, David Harbour does a, he's okay, he does a fine job, Ian McShane is very good, but it just, it didn't feel, and a couple of them, a couple of the monsters are are pretty good, they have the little, um, I cannot remember his name, but he's from the comics, the little pig guy, who was around for a while, and he looks, he looks good, but a lot of it is just sort and um, Daniel Day Kim as uh, Daimyo. Or Daimo, Daimo. I can't. Got it. Oh, Dan- I like Daniel Day Kim a lot. Jaguar. Yeah, the the Wear Jaguar. He's quite good. the The Wear Jaguar is okay, but he's very good. But it's it just it didn't feel enough like Hellboy to me. But you know, mileage may vary. I, I will always say that mileage may vary. Well, you're talking to somebody who voluntarily watched Rampage, so I. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I, that was a Tuesday night five dollar bargain movie night for me one week. That was me just on like I, I think I was just flipping. It might have been Netflix or HBO Go or something. And kind of going, what kind of garbage could I watch? <laughs> again, I voluntarily went to the. You know, this was years ago. You know, getting off work at like one in the morning or something, and speaking of getting. Uh, but yeah, just the uh, <clears throat> voluntarily going to the Red Box and going. I've heard nothing but terrible things about Battleship. See, Cindy and I, Cindy and I went out for a date night on Saturday night. We we got we did the parents' night out, brought Carrie to a parents' night out thing. So we had four hours. Went on, had a nice dinner, and then uh, uh, her and I went out and we watched John Wick three. Oh, nice. It's good. It's good. <laughs> It's one of the movies that we came out and see, and my my wife. Now you have to understand, she loves her the Kill Bill. That's one of her favorite films. Sure. So and, and she and she's the one who suggested we go see John Wick. She came out of the going, that was a little violent. <laughs> <laughs> for now, now you have to understand for John Wick, she knew what she was getting into. I walked out of there. I watch a lot of violent films. I said, you ain't lying. I'm going to say this. There comes a point in time, and I heard I heard um, NPR Pop Culture Happy Hours review after we watched the film. There comes a point in time where you are desynthesized to it because you're like, wow, um, it, it, that's just a lot of blood. <laughs> that's just a lot of violence, and that's a lot of blood. And, oh, God, we're still in this scene. They're, they're, they're still killing people. Okay, all right. It comes near the end, though, but it's like, some of the some of the set pieces and some of the scenes where they're going through the death kills, very inventive, very interesting, and very fun. But yeah, near the end, you're just like, Oof. 
We're still killing. Okay, let's go. <laughs> John Wick three colon still killing. Still killing. And and uh, hate to tell you this, there's going to be a John Wick four. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of figured. What's the? There's a line from an episode of The Simpsons, and it will continue until the series becomes unprofitable. <laughs> no, 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 no. There is going to be a four. Oh, there, I'm sure. I'm, no, no, no. They set it up. There has to be a four. <laughs> Wow. Yes. Does, does so, it literally... Well, all right, I guess we don't want to spoil it. I, I was going to ask if it literally ends with the words to be continued, but... Um, question mark. Yeah. Um, no, it, it ends with the, the words, fuck yes. I'm <laughs> 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 serious. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, well, no, uh, well, let's yeah, see. Yeah, definitely go and see that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, listen guys, uh, you know, as let, let's wrap this up by, by reminding people or telling them for the first time, if they're unfamiliar, how they can, uh, track down unpacking the power of power pack, uh, online. Okay. Well, first thing you can do is, is, um, get a bunch of dried chicken bones, <laughs> shake them up and round and then throw them down on the ground and then, you know, kind of take a, take a knife, a, a silver knife with a very sharp point and inscribe tears of a game design. Yes. Yes. And, and then use that to kind of click around the, 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 the bones until they spell out the words Jeff and Rick presents. And if you follow that, you can actually get to us on uh, WordPress because we are, do have a uh, WordPress a page which is uh, Jeff and Merck Presents. We do have Facebook, Jeff and Merck Presents. You can find us on Twitter at Jeff and Merck Present. And, of course, you can always email us the same way, same place. Uh, we just have the one show out right now, which is Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. And it's where we each or every other week we go through an issue of Power Pack, most underrated comic of the 1980s while we were drinking beer. And we... Mostly we're going through that. We have had the opportunity to interview three of the creators. We interviewed June Brinkman and Louise Simonson from the original run and Mark Sumerek, who did the 2005 miniseries. And, um, yeah, we're just kind of slowly, one issue at a time, going through that series, and we're enjoying it a lot. <laughs> yeah, we really are. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. It's uh, great to kind of go back to a thing from childhood and re-look at it with adult eyes and... You know, you start seeing the warts, but you still kind of love it. You know, it's, it's pretty great. And it, it, but uh, add a little bit more to it. Like throw, uh, we, we try and throw, you know, we give a synopsis, and then we kind of, half the show is basically a synopsis of the, of the issue that we've read, and the other half is us talking about it, kind of freeform. Uh, but yeah, we try and throw as much humor in possible yeah. to make it fun for ourselves and for our listeners. A lot of pop coach references. We try to make jokes. It's all family friendly, though. That's yeah, a, that's a, a big thing. It's a family friendly show. We decided to make it family friendly because uh, the kids range in age from five to twelve, and uh, you know it's it's an adult comic, but the kids are in it. But also, Rick's uh, daughter Perry is involved. In it. She was seven at the time it started, and we said, you know, let's make it something that she'd be able to listen to. She provides all the sound effects. She provides the voice of Katie Powers. And at the end of the episode, I interview her. A couple times we've had Jeff interview her, which has worked out that way, uh, and talking about you know what the what she thought of the issue. So we're kind of getting the kids' perspective of looking at this '80s comic book as well. Yep, we decided that we had access to a seven and now eight-year-old person, and uh, like I said, the characters were aged 
five to twelve. So hey, she's right in that peer group. So uh, her that kind of a... <laughs> now now with Carrie, I mean, obviously she's she's reading you know some of the the the, the voice parts in the book, but if it comes down to you know sort of the the interview portion later on in the show, like how much are you prompting her? Or like scripting her, is she pretty much? I, I am not scripting her. I will prompt her on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't script out what she's going to say. I try to prompt her to think about different things in the book because it, it's going to vary be- because between, or it's going to vary for all the different kids who you interview. But just talking to my daughter, let me just take this all back here. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in talking to my daughter. And in trying to raise her and try to get her really interested in books, my daughter really loves to read. She reads a lot of stuff. But I read to her at night. My wife reads to her at night. And we like to really quiz her on what she's read or what we've read to her just to make sure she's understanding and comprehending it. Kind of using a lot of that same kind of tactics whenever I'm interviewing her. So I will prompt her on, you know, what do you think about this part? Is there anything else you'd like? If she kind of stumbles over something, I'll kind of give it to her a little bit. And then sometimes I'll have her, okay, say that again. Just say this, because this is what you're trying to say. Let's kind of clean it up so it makes sense. But I I really don't try to script or give her the words. I will lead her into talking about something just to get her going down a path where I can find out what she thought about it. Okay. Yeah. But let me tell you. There's a lot of editing that I do. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of, Carrie, you have to talk into the microphone. You have a soft voice. You have to talk into the microphone. That's funny on some of that, too, where she's got her, yeah, it's just like, Carrie, you got to be closer to the mic. And then, you know, like a lot of people, my talkers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, you got to speak up. Um. <laughs> do do you guys have have plans or or have you worked it into sort of the lineup of of you know issues for the future of the show the uh the child abuse special with Spider-Man? Yes. Yes. Um I have mapped out all of the issues of Power Pack along with all of the crossovers or where they've appeared in other other um other stories. There's a girls comic three that uh, Louise Simonson did in the 2000s that mm-hmm. actually takes place kind of after the fall of the mutants. So I've kind of moved that one and we're going to cover that one in the right chronological order. The only thing that we have haven't hit yet and we kind of passed by the chronological place of that is the child abuse one because we know what we want to do. We just haven't been able to do it yet. Um, We've done the script. We've done the script. I kind of want to look at it again, but we've done the script. We're going to do it very serious. It's not going to. I know a lot of people kind of hit it with a lot of snark and just go humor and humor. And we want to take it as a actual serious subject. So we're going to do it. Uh, so we're going to do it as an actual serious presentation of the thing. And uh, one of the things that we also want to do is uh, get a uh, like a counselor or somebody who deals with sexual abuse or childhood abuse and have them. And actually talk with us about. It. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, it's a say we want to make it an actual PSA. Yeah, we could go through it, and it'd be easy to just. Yeah, I've heard some other ones come through and just make fun. And it's easy to do it because I make fun right. of everything. That's about ninety-eight percent of my. Gear. So 
So uh, it would be real easy to do that. But we, we, we want to take it straight. I know that Nicholas Prom, who he does comic reflections, he's a friend of mine, and I've done podcasts with him. He actually did that one with uh, a comedian that he knew, and they went through it. And I think they did a really good job because they, 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 they took it funny, but at the same time, they also looked at it kind of seriously too. I think they actually hit the right tone with it. It's just like, okay, well, great. That's fantastic. We want to do something a little bit different with it. We just haven't been able to get all the stars to align. We we kind of have looked looked a couple of times to see if we could find somebody that could do this with us. I know that uh, Hillary yeah, is looking for somebody. That I can go on right. With. That's just a small question. Yeah. I'm like, as soon as the swamp is drained, huh? Yeah, we're kind of we're we also are kind of. I'm also a little bit hoping for a little bit of kismet too, of just somebody saying, you know, I've always wanted to talk about this, and I'm a professional in this. Yeah. Really, come and meet with us. <laughs> make it happen in fact, uh, here and there, like, probably be willing to. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, it, it is going to happen. We are going to. Uh, it, yeah, I think we're working. Yeah, it we be good, and then we put on a shelf and watch. We are going to get that. And then we also are trying to work on more interviews, too. I, I still would like to talk to Carl Potts. I would like to talk to Jim Shooter because I have no shame at all. I will talk to him. Hey, um, here's the thing on a lot of that is, oh, my goodness, you got so-and-so. Uh, yeah, because you asked. We want to ask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ask somebody, what's the worst that can happen? Well, there's worse than this, yeah. but if you know, the worst that happens, they ignore you with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that I'm going to get uh, John Bogdanovich. Uh, Bogdanov. Nope. Bogdanov. John Bogdanov. Let me try that again. I'm going to get John Bogdanov on the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm screwed up all the time. Um, but I, I've, we've sent messages back and forth. We've become He's friends on Twitter. He's interested. I've kind of been holding off on it because I want to get into where he wrote, has written before we actually have him on. Mm -hmm. um, Scott Kobelish, who was the artist on one of the Power Pack miniseries, uh, Power Pack and Wolverine, he did one of the issues. He was the artist of that issue. Yeah, for Volume 3. Yeah, Volume 3. Um so I uh, I met him at a Comic-Con. He was on the Heroes Initiative table here in Portland. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I love Power Pack. I will be on your show. Great. When we get to that issue, yeah. I will have you on. So Yeah, that'll be a little bit. Well, actually, we're getting oh, that's, our, that's, that's our Patreon. That's our Patreon one. We do one of those a month. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like yeah. One every two weeks is slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Nah. At Patreon.com. Yep. <laughs> I, I mainlined the uh, the two x-men episodes on my way up to uh east coast on saturday hey, <laughs> where, where we went looking for carl potts and he was never at his table uh, <laughs> i need to send him another email saying i really am ready to have you on anytime you want to come on because i've got some questions i want to ask him i think he was very influential uh with a lot of the design with the snarks and the snark ship i know june brigman said that she went to him with a couple of questions and he helped a lot with the design of things so and also looking at the structure of the Power Pack series, I think that under his editorial guide, guidance, they had a level of commitment to the series that once he was gone, you can see the quality yeah, drop. Kind of mm. Great series. Uh, but that's, I, I think it has to do with if you've got a, you can handle different writers, but if you've got an editor that's competent, that is keeping the ship in line, I think that makes the difference. Mm hmm. Got rid of, you know, they got rid of uh, the original artists, the original writers. Yeah, things can happen. When everybody is gone. 
And in fact, that when the replacement people are gone, yeah, it starts kind of whittling. You guys got to jump in here because otherwise we can just keep on rambling. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what? I think we're, I think we're at a good point. Uh, you know, um, I, honestly, this was, this was a great hang. Great, great uh, chat. And uh, you know, at, at this point, I just want to say thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for doing the show. This little uh, podcast crossover. Oh, this is a lot of fun. I like talking with you. Yeah. Before we start the interview. good night everybody (laughs) that's it for this week's show as always you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud and at WMQComics.com where new episodes move Tuesday mornings you can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Laswitz built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. Big thanks to our first and foremost patron, Steve Morris from Shelf Dust and the MNT. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Laswitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox. Uh, finally, and most importantly, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, and we'll see you next time. Have you ever been reading through a sack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.